You are listening to GNU World Order. This is Clatu, and we're going to be talking about Flex. Why are we talking about Flex? Well, I guess, first of all, we're talking about Flex because that's what we're doing. We're going through all of the Slackware packages. Every single application package that comes bundled with Slackware, we're talking about it. We're in the D for development software set right now, and we're not exactly up to Flex, but we are up to Bison, B-I-S-O-N. The thing about Bison is that it's not super useful without a little bit of flex in front of it, so in this case I just thought it would make more sense to deviate from the going through all the packages alphabetically and actually do it logically. So in this case we're going to talk about flex first and, and then we'll talk about Bison. So there's a bunch of background information that one arguably needs in order to understand what flex and Bison have to do with the development and why they're needed and what they're used for and I, I would I would highly recommend and this seems like the obvious recommendation although to be honest it's not always my recommendation but this one kind of the obvious but it, it's the O'Reilly book called Flex and Bison and it, it turns out that it's a really, really solid book. I mean all of the O'Reilly books are I, I have found tend to be pretty darn good uh, but the some of them are are, are maybe not the best way to explain a concept, I have I have found that the O'Reilly Flex and Bison book is very much the best way to explain a concept. It's very, very good, and frankly, everything I know about Bison and Flex come from that book. Well, not everything, but, but all of the useful information is from that book. This is one of those cases where it's a textbook case, I guess, of a textbook adding real value to the documentation. If you look at the Bison and, and Flex documentation, it isn't bad, but it, there are a lot of assumptions being made, and and it's really tough to get through. Or, well, it's not tough to get through. You can you can you can get through it, but you don't really understand anything more than when you began. The O'Reilly book absolutely takes care of that. It tells you it tells you everything that you need to know, including a bunch of history. And by way of history. I will tell you that, um, well, maybe not history yet first. First, let's talk about what Flex and Bison are and why they're why they're needed. So what they are is, well, they're replacements for Lex and Yak. So Flex replaced Lex, Bison replaced Yak. And in fact, in the Bison package of Slackware, you'll, you'll find that there is a shell script called Yak, which takes your, which would, would take any potential yak input and send it over to bison. So it's it's very much a replacement for yak. Yak stood for yet another compiler compiler. Y-A-C-C. Yet another compiler compiler. And I think that's probably the best way to really think about flex and bison is that they are compilers for compilers. And in order to understand what that means, we have to kind of understand what a compiler means or, or what a compiler, why we need compilers, what a compiler is. And I've never written a compiler. I, I use one compiler, really, um, and that's GCC. Uh, in theory, I've used some others, but mostly it's GCC. That's the one that I, I would, you know, if I'm being honest, that's that's what I've used. So let's talk about what compilers do. First of all, a compiler is itself a program, and it is designed to take one programming language and compile it into a different programming language, and very frequently the target language is something like machine code. So machine code is the really just the un, 
undecipherable, incomprehensible language of a CPU. So when you execute a program, you are taking machine code and feeding it to the CPU of your computer, and that's telling the CPU to turn on and off some little electrical switches inside of it, and the, the combination of those switches produce calculations that tell your computer what to do. So if you're echoing foo into a file, then you're sending some signals to that CPU, and it's flipping some switches in order to ensure that the correct bits are sent to a specific inode, and those bits represent f and o and o, and they're in a file called foo.txt or whatever. So that's, that's how that happens. Now, if you are programming something for humans to use, it's very difficult, it would be very difficult for you to write something that the CPU would understand. It's not impossible. There are, for instance, I mean, I've I've known of people. I've even known a person, like actual people in real life, who who have written assembly, who 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 can write in assembly code. They know how to how to make that make sense. Really cool. Um, and that's fine. That's great because they're they're just writing memory addresses and and they're they're causing things to traverse from one place to another, and it's it's very cool. However, generally speaking, especially for complex program, it's just easier for people to write in a programming language, something that has human-friendly or, or f- human-familiar um, tokens, really, that we can we can grab onto and use to represent various ideas. So, for instance, if we were to say foo equals two plus one semicolon, then, or, or maybe int foo equals two plus one semicolon, then we have written a statement that, when compiled, would cause the CPU to do a calculation of 2 plus 1, and it would represent the, the results of that in, in this variable in memory space, in, in memory, uh, represented by the name foo. And if we were to look in that memory uh, address, then we would see the number 3. And that's great, but you have to ask yourself, because we're really, really low level here, you have to ask yourself, well, how does the computer know what that means? Like, why does it know that int foo means make a space in, make an, take a, take a, reserve a, a space in memory, and then put the number resulting from 1 plus 2 into that space? How does it know that? And that's where the compiler compiler sort of starts to come into play. Um, not exactly, but but in order to get there, you would, someone was using flex and bison to represent or to tell the, the compiler that's going to compile your code from foo equals 2 plus 1 down to some machine code. Something had to tell the compiler how to make sense of statements that are given to it in a programming language. So we're talking about how do we define a programming language. So that is sort of done in two different ways. And this was all stuff back that was developed like in the 50s and 60s, uh, and then a little bit later in the 70s uh, with Lex and and Yak. But this these ideas of, well, we need to codify these languages so that our software can decode them successfully. And the early method, and I know there's been work on all of this since since Flex and Bison, so this isn't necessarily like the most up-to-date progress of of this of this discipline, but up to Flex and Bison at least, there have been sort of two processes that that are required when understanding uh, the definition of of programming statement. One is lexical analysis, which 
is called lexing or scanning, and that is the process that lex, or in this case flex, takes care of. Lex originally took care of this stuff. It was later revised, or not revised, but someone re re-implemented it as fast lex or flex, and that's what we're using here. The second state, or the second stage, is syntax analysis, otherwise known as parsing, and that's what Bison does. So in order for Bison to take a look at what has at the syntax of a statement, it also it first needs to know we need to tell it what the components of that statement happen to be, and that's what the lex analysis or the lexing uh, process does. So lexing is or scanning is the process of separating a statement, an input statement, into meaningful parts, and they call those tokens. So, for instance, for an int foo equals 2 plus 1, semicolon, your tokens would be int uh, foo, and then the equal sign, then you'd have a 2, and a plus, and a 1, and a semicolon. And all of those tokens have a different meaning. Well, not all. Most of these have a different meaning. Int is one token. Foo would be another kind of token. Equal sign is another token. So each one of these has a, a special meaning, but just dividing them up and figuring out what they are, that's the process of lex or again, in this case, flex. So let's take a look really quick at the flex package. So I'll do most on var log packages flex dash 2.6.0 look like what I've got here. And it looks like the only binary included in this package, user bin flex. So that's it, that's all we need to cover here. Good, um, so I'm gonna make a demo directory called flex demo. Go into flex demo and create a new file called words.l, l for lex. So um, th this is the the simplest, absolute simplest program for Flex that I can that I've been able to find, and it's not very not very useful. Um, but it could be. You could I think I could imagine a way for something like this to be useful. But it is it 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 carries no custom code or anything like. I mean it does it has some like flex code but i mean no, there there's there's things that you can do with flex where you you add on some c code or c++ code and and make it do fancier things than what we're about to do but this is really simple so uh, there are three sections in in flex in a in a lex program uh, and that is if i go to info flex a uh, simple example no format i think yeah format is uh, the flex input file consists of three sections separated by a line containing only percent percent so two percent sign on their own line percent percent that that separates these sections and those sections are definitions percent percent rules percent percent and then user code now the definition section contains declarations of simple name definitions to simplify the scanner specifications and declarations of start conditions which are explained in a later section is fine uh, the name is a word beginning with a letter or an underscore following followed by a zero so for instance if we needed to define uh, what a digit was then we could just we in our definition we could create um, a name called digit, D-I-G-I-T, and then space or maybe tab. Um, does it does it care? I don't think it cares. As far as I know, it doesn't care. Um, and then uh, bracket zero dash nine, close bracket. So now we're saying whenever we say digit later on in our in our flex application, we know what that encompasses. We know what that includes. Uh, you can do the same thing for you know a string or 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 whatever. So those are your definitions, and then there are some rules, and then there's optionally some code. Now I don't have any. I don't think I have any definitions, so I'm just going to leave that section blank. So I'm just going to open up my flex file with two percent signs, percent percent, and then I'm going to type in. Uh, let's do quote apple a p p l e 
close quote. So that's just an arbitrary string that I chose. Uh, and again, this isn't a definition. This is a rule. So I'll do a curly brace and then print F parentheses quote penguin close quote close parentheses semicolon and then close the curly brace. On the next line, I'm going to, so it, first of all, let's note how similar this is to said or awk syntax in, in, a, in a, after a fashion. So what we've just done is we've We've said, hey, if you encounter the string apple, I want you to print penguin. And now we're going to do the same thing, essentially, but we're just going to use a dot, which, of course, is regex for regular expression for any character. Then we'll do a, uh, another curly brace, print f parentheses, quote, percent s, close quote, comma, yy text, close parentheses, close semicolon, close the curly brace. And then we'll do percent percent again to close that out. All right, so we've just searched for two possibilities. One is a string that is exactly A-P-P-L-E, and the other is any character, a dot. Those were our regex search terms, and then we had sort of as a function in curly braces what we wanted to, to happen should that initial condition turn out to be true. Okay, now we're going to run uh, this little application through flex. So we type in flex, and then we do words.l, and hit return. It does something completely quietly, no feedback whatsoever, but if you do an ls in your directory now, you'll see that there is a new file called lex.yy.c by default. This file has been generated from your flex file. You can look at it in less or most or whatever, and you'll, you'll you'll see that there's a bunch of auto-generated code in there with all kinds of interesting information on what, what should happen uh, when this application is run, okay? So in order to run it, uh, we need to compile it because it's C code. So we'll just do gcc lex.yy.c-lfl. So the L is um, the library and then the FL is the flex library. So we're linking it uh, to, to the flex library right now manually during comp compiling return to that it did something and once again if you do an ls on your directory you'll find an a dot out so if you wanted to, to customize that you could do a dash o and then instead of a dot out we'll call it um, presto now i'll do an ls again and there's a presto application in my current directory i'm going to get rid of the a dot out because that's that's a little bit uh, it's a little bit obscure so presto is is a, an application so we can do a dot slash presto Hit return and we're sitting at a blank line in our terminal. Did it crash? Is this is this not good? Oh wait, we can type and it does something. So here's if I type in banana, I have no idea how to spell banana. Oh there we go. Banana return banana comes back. It just echoes what we've typed. Now it it's echoed that because banana matches the dot regex. Any character that qualifies. What happens if we type in BSD? BSD is returned. What about if we type in Apple? Penguin is returned. Just written your first compiler. No, you haven't. You've just leveraged your first lexer. To get out of this, you can hit Control D, Control C, whatever you want, and now you're back at a, a, a at a prompt. So this works. It accepts standard input as its input, but it also, I mean, so it also works. For instance, if I just did echo space hello world, or not space, uh, well echo space quote hello world close quote pipe, and then dot slash presto. Hello world gets echoed back to me. Uh, if I do, of course, echo apple, penguin gets printed back. At. So that's that. This is a program written in pure flex. So let's try echo quote hello space apple close quote pipe dot slash presto hello penguin. Now you probably picked up from from that example uh, a couple of things about 
flex already, which at least in that final regex search, the, the one for just a dot, you'll remember that we did a print printf quote percent s, which is, you know, the token keyword, whatever, for string in, in printf. Uh, so quote percent s close quote comma yy text. Yy text is a, a built-in inflex representing the, the current the current input, the thing that is being uh, analyzed right now. So that's why we got, that's that's why when when I do type in something other than the keyword apple that gets translated to penguin, when I type in anything else, then flex knows, well, it knows what that is, and it knows it's not getting translated, so it just prints that to out to the terminal to standard out. And there's a cool, cool, fun example in this O'Reilly book on, on, on really, on on something else that we could do now that we know that, now that we know about this trick. And we're going to call that, um, let's call it count.l. In count.l, we'll open this up with a percent curly brace, and we'll create a few, um, we'll, we'll declare a couple of variables here. So int cars equals zero, semicolon. Int words equals zero, semicolon. Int lines equals zero, semicolon. And then we'll do a percent curly brace again to close that statement. Okay, so that's, we've got cars for characters, words for words, and lines for lines. Might already see where we're going with this. So those were definition, that, that was a definition. And now we're going to do percent percent on its own little line to separate from our definitions to our rules. And so our rules are going to be square bracket A through Z, and then capital A through Z. Uh, capital Z, Z. So that is A dash Z, capital A dash, capital Z, square bracket. And then after the square bracket, we're going to do a plus sign. And then we'll do a curly brace again, and we'll do words, plus plus, semicolon. So we're, we're taking our words variable and we're incrementing it. We will also do cars, C-H-A-R-S, plus equals the length of the string, which is S-T-R-L-E-N, and what string are we talking about? Well, we're talking about YY text. So whatever whatever the string is right now that we're looking at, that's the one we want to to, to get the length of. And then we'll do a semicolon. Oop, where where did it go? I lost my Emacs window. Here it is. Okay. Uh, so we'll do a YY text, and then we'll do a semicolon, and then a curly brace. Okay. Next line, we'll do an inline character, which is backslash n, as in new line, and we'll do um, we'll, we'll increment character count, and we'll increment line count, and then we'll close that with a curly brace. So that's just cars plus plus semicolon and lines plus plus semicolon. Forgot the semicolon. There we go. Uh, and then finally, we'll do a dot. So that's everything else, and we'll increment cars semicolon curly brace, and then finally we'll do percent percent to separate our rules from the user code. And the user code is going to be just a wee bit of C code here, and it's going to be main parentheses int arg c comma car character uh, asterisk asterisk arg v curly brace. We're going to call the scanner function itself, or the scanner routine, I guess, and that is yylex parentheses parentheses semicolon. After that, we'll do a printf parentheses quote percent eight delta percent eight delta percent eight delta. That would be what characters, words, lines. Yeah, one, two, three. Yep. And then backslash in for a new line for ourselves. Close quote. So all we're doing there is printing digits or uh, decimal numbers with up to eight eight leading zeros as needed. And then comma lines comma words comma cars close parentheses and then semicolon and then I think just 
close that curly brace, we should be done. So in this case, we, we've got definitions where we provide some variables for the C code. We've got rules where we're doing our regex searches and the sort of the, the, the scanning part of Lex. And then we've got some C code, in which case we, we control what that output actually is. So rather than just doing everything in flex, collating some stuff, and we're storing data, and then with C, we're, we're producing output. And, well, I mean, I guess I should say the C is also calling that scanner routine, so it's kicking off the, the processing part. But the, the rules and the definitions have been established uh, up front. Okay, so now we've got this count.l, and if you'll recall, to, to turn that into C code, you just do flex count.l. That produces a file called lex.yy.c, and so then we can just use gcc lex.yy.c-o. We'll call this one counter, and then dash l to link it to our library fl. That seemed to work. I've got now a little application called counter, and now I'll do an echo quote hello world hello close quote pipe that out to dot slash counter and we get the output of one so that was one line three and eighteen and we could i guess even go into our code again and maybe make that a little bit better for us so percent eight delta and then we'll do the word uh, uh, lines percent eight delta and then we'll do words percent eight delta characters and then new line, and then we'll do flex on that again, and we'll do GCC on that again, and then we'll try our test again. Now we get echo, hello world, hello, dot, to, piping it to dot slash counter, we get one line, three words, 18 characters. It's pretty clear. And that's um, that's flex with a little bit of C code mixed in. I, I should point out again that the, this isn't the intended use of flex. I mean, it is kind of, but not really. People aren't, I don't think, writing uh, uh, string replace applications or even word count applications with flex. Maybe the word count, maybe that makes sense. But in general, uh, I think the intended use is probably for, for structuring a, a, a predictable way to, to sort of deconstruct some kind of syntax provided to your application. So whether it's a compiler or like a, a C SQL syntax, whatever, something that is structured that needs to be tokenized and then parsed and then processed. After our coffee break, we'll come back and we will use a little bit of Bison with our flex and see what happens. <laughs> coffee, we've got some flex, and bison to write, so let's get to it. So the first couple of steps here are to create the lexer, and to, then to create the bison file. And that can be done a couple of different ways, I mean one way in particular, which is in a text editor, but I mean in terms of sort of the process, uh, there are, we have a couple of different options. And I think if I were to do this the way that it should be done, it would take a little bit longer than maybe any of us really want to spend time in either of these languages. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just sort of take a couple of things on faith. So the first thing that we're going to do is open up a file. Well, we'll create a new directory first of all. I'm going to call this FlexiCalc because that's the uh, the demonstration application we're going to create is a simple calculator. And you can find different implementations of this in different locations. There's one on gnu.org slash software slash 
BISON in the documentation. There's one on your hard drive. If you look in uh, slash user doc bison examples, there are three different calculators, calc++, mfcalc, and rpcalc. So there's lots of examples of this. There's one in the O'Reilly book. This just seems to be sort of the obvious example in lex and bison. And I had considered a, an option of trying to maybe do something a little bit different and it just got too compl complicated and I didn't really feel like it was worth it because even even writing my my personal default hello world is a dice roller because that's usually a pretty simple thing to, to do but trying to make it make sense and work and all that other stuff I just decided not worth it and I'm never going to use lex and bison again well I shouldn't say never but probably not going to use flex or bison anytime soon so I'm just going to kind of take the easy route here and do the same calculator example that everyone else is doing. This is derived mainly from the O'Reilly book, a couple of small changes that I made in order to um, get it working correctly. That was one one thing. Uh, and then, yeah, and, and a couple of things to simplify it, I guess. So the first thing, and this is why I keep apologizing, uh, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to include a header file that doesn't yet exist. So it's a header file that's going to be generated by Bison, and normally I wouldn't just take it on faith that that header file gets created by Bison. I would want to see that happen and explain why that was happening. But in this case, we're just going to take it on faith that a header file will be created by Bison, and we'll then use that header file in our flex, you know, in the the flex when we're compiling things. So the header file that we're going to include, or rather to include one, we've already done this before. Percent curly brace hash include, and in this case, it's going to be quote calc .tab .h, close quote. Calc is the custom name that we are going to be using for our for, for our source files. The .tab .h is the auto generated extensions that Bison uses. We close this out with a percent sign and another curly brace, and that's our definition. Now we create some rules. So percent percent to create our, to, to sort of delineate between the definitions and the rules, and we'll do quote plus close quote curly brace return add semicolon. And then if you want, you can also do things like quote minus quote return sub quote asterisk quote curly brace return mul, m-u-l, like multiply, semicolon, curly brace, quote, slash, quote, curly brace return div, semicolon, and so on. So you can do that with, with to, to kind of build the syntax, or rather, define the, well, no, you, yeah, you're building a syntax. You're building the vocabulary for your, for your calculator. Uh, in addition to all of your operators, you would then need to identify what a number is. We know how to do that already. We've done that already. So we do square bracket 0-9, close square bracket, and then the plus symbol, which is meaning regex for a a character that is 0 through 9 one or more times and for the for the function that that will that will trigger we'll do a curly brace yylval equals a2oi parentheses yy text close parentheses semicolon return number all capitals semicolon curly brace so that's saying that the, the the lext value is going to equal ASCII to integer, that's A2I, A-T-O-I, A2I, it's a C function, ASCII to integer, the YY text. So whatever has been discovered by this regex match gets converted to an integer and, and it becomes the value for YYL val. And this is returned back out of this function as a variable called number, as a token called number, all capitals. And then we need to identify the end of a line. 
So that'll be backslash n, and the function there is return eol, semicolon, curly brace. So that's an, yet another token, eol. And then finally, we're going to tell it to, nope, not finally. And ultimately, we're going to tell it to ignore white space. And the way that we do that, again, is regex. So it'll be square bracket space, and then backslash t, square bracket. So that's saying if there's a space character or a tab character, then we'll just do curly brace, curly brace. So an empty function, uh, which functionally means to do nothing. Just ignore that. So it doesn't get tokenized or converted or anything like that. It's just, it is what it is, and it gets passed over. Everything else, so that's a dot character. We know that already from our previous regex in the previous, in, in, when we were doing lexing. Uh, dot is going to get a curly brace, print f, parentheses, quote, and we'll just print the character, or uh, maybe what we could say received, received, percent c, backslash n, close quote, comma, asterisk, yy text, close parentheses, semicolon, close curly brace. So that's just saying if we get some something else, we'll print it to the terminal so that we know what the problem character was, and, and that's all we'll do with that. We close this this statement out with double percents again, percent percent, on, it, on its own line. So ne next, in theory, would be a bunch of custom C code, which we're not going to. You will find examples of this with a bunch of C code, uh, and then other times you'll find things, you know, with, with more. We're not going to do that here. We're just letting Flex do all of the work for us, and really all we're using flex for is to create you know to do the tokenizing that's what it is it's a, it's a lexer so it's it's grabbing all of the characters that we feed it and it's sorting it into tokens that we can then manipulate with bison so we're halfway done all we need now is this bison code which will go a little bit something like this. It's going to open up similarly. So the, the structure of bison is surprisingly similar, not by coincidence, to the syntax or the, the structure of a, a lex file or a flex file. So we start with, we're going to do an include statement, which is kind of a, a global include, I guess. We could we could do this in our C code as well, but, but we may as well do it. So we'll do percent curly brace, hash include, and then less than symbol standard io dot h, greater than symbol, and then percent curly brace. So that's just kind of normal basic C include, not a big deal. Now we'll do a some definitions. And first definition is going to be a token, so it's percent token and the word number, all capitals. Percent token and then add sub mall div and whatever else you've done. Uh, from the O'Reilly book I did add sub mall div and abs for absolute value. And then percent token eol, that's that end of line character, recall that we set a regex for backslash in, returned an eol symbol, or, or a token. Okay, cool. So those are our definitions. And now we can do percent percent on its own line. And so now we are we, we'll write the, the, the rule section, sort of. Of course, in flex, this would be the rule section. That's its, it's uh, definitions, and then rules, and then user code. In bison, it's, it's definitions, and then BNF, which is Bacchus Nar Forms. Bacchus Naur? Not Naur. BNF is Bacchus Naur Forms, and it is a, a, a way to describe the grammar of a, a language. It is relatively simple in theory. Uh, the the format of a BNF statement is a, a name, colon, colon, equals, and then an expansion. So a lot of people say that colon, colon, equals, can you, when you see that combination of characters, you can translate them to is expanded to or, or is defined as some such statement as that. Meaning that you're saying on, on the left side, you've got a concept, a name, a symbol. And then on the right side, you've got what, what that thing consists of 
or or I guess expands too. So the the best one that I've seen, like the simplest one for me to wrap my head around, is the is a definition of a while loop. So a while loop, you might have, for instance, angle bracket while loop close angle brackets. Okay, that's the name of the thing that we're defining. Colon colon equals while parentheses angle bracket condition close angle bracket close parentheses angle bracket statement close angle bracket. What we've just expressed in this BNF format is that a while loop, a thing that we call while loop, expands to the word while, and so you notice that there are no angle brackets around that while. It's just the word while, which means in BNF terminology that it is a terminal symbol. In other words, the buck stops there. Like that, that is a word that needs no further definition now. It is a word that there there's no other option for. It needs to be the word while. Of course, if we were inventing our own programming language and we didn't want to use the word while, we could put anything in there. We could put the word penguin. And now penguin is the way that we define a while loop. Not very not very clear, but or, or intuitive, but that is if if that's what we wanted to do. So the the fact that that is the word while w h i l e means nothing. It just means that that's that that's the word that we have to use. That's the symbol that establishes the while loop. And then a parenthesis again. That's that's a terminal character. And then angle bracket condition close angle bracket. Angle brackets there mean that that symbol is non-terminal. And what that means is that there's there could be further definitions of what makes uh, of how we express a condition or there are several forms of a condition like condition is a big variable thing and we're just putting its symbol into this statement to represent that hey when you're doing this thing called a while loop you'll need the word while you'll need a parenthesis and then you'll need some cloudy thing called a condition we'll get to that later close parenthesis and then you need a big cloudy thing called a statement we'll get to that later so that's kind of for me, that's the clearest definition of BNF, and I realize that on the surface that doesn't sound very clear, um, and that I guess is partly because it is there. There are a lot of non-terminal things in that definition. Here's another one though: angle bracket number close angle bracket. Well, what's a number? Well, a number can be expanded to, so that's colon, colon, equals, angle bracket, digit, close angle bracket. Or, and that's a pipe symbol, angle bracket, number, angle bracket, angle bracket, digit, angle bracket. So a number could consist of a digit, which we'll define in a moment, or a number and a digit. So what is a digit? Well, we know what it, because now we know what a number is, so we don't have to define that any further. But what is a digit? Well, a digit is, so we'll do angle bracket digit, close angle bracket, colon, colon, equals, can be expanded to zero, pipe, one, pipe, two, pipe, three, pipe, four, pipe, five, pipe, six, pipe, seven, pipe, eight, pipe, nine. Notice that none of those were in angle brackets. Those are terminal symbols. A digit is exactly zero, one, two, three, four, five, or nine, you know, zero to nine. Those are digits. A number could consist of a digit or a number and a digit. That's it. That's 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 a pretty clear definition too, I feel. I, and I guess I could just go with digit can be expanded too. Zero, pipe, one, pipe, two, pipe, three, pipe, four. So all of that stuff. So, um, although then you would only, yeah, I guess you really do want the number because you don't want just the digit. You want the combination of of digits to build up a number. So anyway, that's a pretty nice BNF. And so the BNF that we are going to write into our little application here is describing the ways that our tokens that we've extracted using lex, flex, sorry, uh, are to be handled. And so that would be, for instance, calc list colon, and we'll do a pipe symbol on the next line, calc list exp, exp, eol. So this is the 
end-of-line catcher, and we'll do a uh, curly brace, print F, parentheses, quote, equals, space, percent D for delta, or for digit, really, uh, and then backslash N, close quote, comma, dollar sign two, parentheses, semicolon, curly brace. So here we're doing, we're, we're defining, or I guess maybe we're catching. Now we're defining the calculation uh, result, and that would be that we're going to print dollar sign two, which is where our calculation is going to end up, and you kind of just have to trust me on that one, uh, and it's going to be a digit or an equal sign, and then a digit, and then a new line. We terminate that statement with a semicolon and go to the next one, exp colon factor pipe exp add factor curly brace dollar 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 sign dollar sign equals dollar sign one plus dollar sign three semicolon curly brace so we're going to add the tokens that we get the, the number tokens that we receive from our input and this would be repeated more or less for the subtraction obviously with a minus sign instead of a plus sign there in the function and then we would want to describe a factor so f uh, so well we close that statement semicolon and then factor colon term pipe factor mole term and then a function to multiply dollar sign one times dollar sign three and the same goes for division close that statement with a semicolon and then we could define the term as term colon number all capitals because that's the token that we get from our lexer which uh we which we defined ourselves if you'll recall in calc.l and then pipe abs term semi uh cur curly brace dollar sign dollar sign equals dollar sign two greater than or equal to zero question mark dollar sign two colon minus dollar sign two semicolon curly brace semicolon so that's a lot of um it's a lot of notation there and i'm not going to go through all of it because uh, as i say it's there's some of this that we'll just kind of take on faith so the the abs calculation absolute value calculation is what it is and that's where we'll get at that so then we're going to do percent percent and like I say, these these kinds of examples, you'll find these, they're kind of a dime a dozen. You'll find them in the O'Reilly book, you'll find them online, you'll find them in the good manual. So if you really, really want to dig into how to create a calculator with flex and bison, by all means, go check those out. Percent percent. Okay, so now we know we're in the user code section, because now we're out of the we're out of the rules because we did the double percent sign on its own line. So we'll start with um, declaring our integer. I think in the in the previous example, I had, I'd skipped the declaration, I think, and I got some kind of compiler warning. I don't remember if I've avoided that this time with the declaration here, but I'm going to, or the return statement, I guess. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll do it anyway. Int, and then main, parentheses, int, arg c, comma, character, or car, c-h-a-r, um, asterisk, asterisk, a-r-g-v, parentheses, curly brace, yy parse, parentheses, parentheses, semicolon. So we're, we're calling the parser there. Close the curly brace. And then we can also call the error handler, yy error. So we'll do yy error, parentheses, car, const, asterisk, s, close parentheses, open curly brace, f print f. That's f print f, not just print f. f print f, parentheses, standard error, comma, quote, space, percent s, backslash, n, close quote, comma, s, parentheses, semicolon, curly brace. So we're just telling it more or less how to handle an error, which, I, you know, I didn't even check if that works, to be honest, so I have no idea. Um, we'll need some kind of error statement there, though, so we'll, we'll get there. Okay, so we've got everything we need, calc.l and calc.y. Calc.l handles our lexing, calc.y, the y stands for yak, calc.y is our bison file, it receives our tokens, and it kind of serves as it kind of serves as our main our main function in a way. Think of it as 
as what you're compiling. That's kind of the main, the main, the main one because it's calling uh, the parser itself. Okay, so we've got those things, and now we're going to need to compile everything together. Now remember, our flex file depends on a header file that I said would be produced by Bison. So we need to call Bison first. So that's going to be Bison dash d as in defines calc dot y. Now the dash d is a is an option. It, it does stand for define in a way, but it it's uh, it's the quick option. It's the short POSIXly correct option dash and that tells it to generate a header file and to automatically name the header file after the base name of the file that we're processing. As far as I can tell, I mean, it's, it's a, it looks like the default is to take the base name. I haven't tested that extensively with underscores and dashes and things like that, but certainly for our purposes, it's going to take calc and then it's going to append some stuff at the end, and that'll be the header file file name. Uh, if you want to, def if you need to, or want to define the output name yourself, you can dash. You can do dash dash define equals, and then give it the file name. Whatever you want, it'll output the header information into a file by whatever name you provide. I'll run that and then do an ls in my current directory, and it looks like I've now got a calc.tab.c file, just the C code, the, the C translation of what we've just written in calc.y, as well as the calc.tab.h file, which is, as I've just said, the header the header information. So now that the header file exists, we can, can safely run our flex, flex against calc.l, which generates, if I do an ls or ls in the current directory, lex.yy.c, which of course is what we saw when we were writing stuff in pure flex. And then finally, I guess we can do our uh, gcc command. So gcc-o, I'm going to call it flexicalc, and we are compiling calc.tab.c and lex.yy.c. And of course, we're going to link it to the flex library-lfl return. Oh, it gives, still gives me some warnings about, oh no, it's giving me different warnings that I'm not going to look at right now. So ls because they're non-fatal, and I don't look at warnings when they're not fatal when I'm doing demos. Uh, so we'll do a, if I do an ls, I've got flexicalc, got a dot slash flexicalc here. Uh, this is not the best user interface ever, but I'm going to hit return, and I'm left at a an empty terminal, um, or a blank line rather, and I can type things like 1 plus 2 plus 1 equals 4. One, two, that's correct. If we do 3 minus 2 minus 1, 0. Actually, you get zero on an error as well, so I'm gonna just do a three minus two. Yeah, okay, one. I was having problems with an earlier rendition of this application where I was just getting zero, 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 and I had to adjust some of the code in order to make it work correctly. So zero is not a suitable test for me in this case. Eight. Asterisk eight is 64. That seems correct to me. Um, and then 24 divided by four is six. That is correct. And now let's try something crazy. Let's do six mi- oops. 6 minus 12, negative 6, negative 6 plus um, 8, or 9 rather, and that did not, that didn't work. So I can't do negative 6 plus, I don't know, negative 2. Yeah, so we don't have negative numbers as our input, um, but that's fine. For basic calculations, this works, this is flex, this is bison, this is c, and it is functional. So there you go, that's everything I know 
like literally everything I know about flex and bison. I don't know how useful it is to, to uh, it's probably not very useful to you as an introduction. This has not been probably a very useful introduction. However, I do, I do hope that it at least demystifies why there are programs on your computer called flex and bison. Well, they're there because you installed them when you installed Slackware, but in terms of what on earth they do, that's sort of what they do, only they're not usually written to do basic calculators and word count functions and things like that. They are tools that people use when creating compilers and processing text in such a way that it is cheaper, as it were, to to parse with a tool that exists for a specific to that purpose. And that's an important thing. I mean, there are, just like what I was saying with make files, if you'll recall, I was saying you can do stuff with shell scripts that you could do with make files, and you might think, well, the make file, that doesn't add anything for me. Or, or, or you could even do things that you would do with a build system in general that you could do. You could do with a shell script what you could do with a build system. And you might think, well, the build system is just a new thing to learn, doesn't really help me, I'll, I'll skip it. And I... I understand that because I've done it myself. It is a it's a valid option. It is just not always the smartest option because you are you are reinventing the wheel here and and that can be that that in the long run takes longer because yes, you can hack on it and get it working immediately right now, but it's something that you are probably going to have to return to time and time again as it continue as as you find new ways that it breaks down and so you have to go back revisit it and and, and change it all of that stuff has already been done flex by now has been around for a very long time bison as well as uh, by way of lex and yak their predecessors so they've been around they've they've been perfected and changed and updated and at this point if you're doing parsing of some kind of structured language that you're developing or, or you know, it doesn't have to be like a programming language, just a, a structured language of some kind, then then maybe the way, the right way, the easy way to process that and to get that into some code in order to um, handle all the different kinds of data that someone might be able, might be giving you, the easy and smart way might just be to leverage the work of others in the truest spirit of free software and open source and use Flex and Bison. Thank you very much for listening. This has been GNU World Order. I'll talk to you next time. Listening to the GNU World Order Cast. This has been Klaatu. You can reach me on IRC. I'm on the Freenode network usually in channels such as Ogcast Planet, Slacker Media, Slackware, a couple of others. My nick on IRC is not Klaatu. You can also reach me lately on Mastodon. My username there is at Klaatu at Mastodon.xyz. Of course, you can email me at klatu at member.fsf.org. That's klatu at member.fsf, as in free software foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, gnuworldorder.info and slackermedia.info. I will see you next time.
only a boy, but he could ruin my scheme for world conquest. 